Hello and welcome to episode 40 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to reassure you that you are not doing this thing alone. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by the wonderful Caitlin Buckwald, a conscious business coach and brand strategist. Welcome back, Caitlin. Hello, hello. So if you missed the last episode, Caitlin and I talked all about aligning with your inner authenticity. So go and have a little listen to that one if you missed it and be sure to let us know what your thoughts are. So today, all about you, Caitlin. I'm really excited to hear more about you and how your business has developed. So should we kind of kick off with what inspired you to start your business in the beginning? Sure. It's actually a funny story for me at least. Um, so I was always, I, I went to college for international business and economics. And so I was still in college. Um, actually it was in my last semester of college and I was in my corporate America job working in the finance industry at a bank. And my best friend at the time was like, look at this world of online business. Like she kind of just like showed me like people are like being online business owners. And I was just like, okay, like that's strange. Um, but I had always had this like inner passion for design. Like I was that MySpace person that was coding my MySpace at 12 years old to like look exactly how I wanted it to be and designing graphics and doing all these crazy things. So I was like, okay, like, let's see if that's something. And so I started like just playing with graphic design, um, because, I was just exposed to it. And I started working actually as a freelancer off of Upwork. Um, oh, cool. Making like little projects here and there. And it, I fell in love with it. I fell in love. I've always been a very bossy, independent person and like always end up in the management role and whatever I'm doing. And so I'm, I've always known like I need to be my own boss. And like the only reason I was working at the bank was to become an international expat for a company because I wanted to live and work internationally, be on my own. Um, and so I realized that very quickly within my job that that was not happening. Like my, my manager was like, yeah, but no, if you're not going to be working in the bank, you're not going to be working here. And I was like, okay, then I'm not working here, (laughs) you know? So it was like, I, I think entered the entrepreneur space very different than I feel like a lot of people where I was really just sick of um, my online or my my work that I was doing in the corporate industry. I was going through an abusive breakup with my boyfriend at the time. And I, I was emotionally, physically abusive. It was really difficult. A lot of things that I was going through. And I feel like I was just kind of like, fuck everything. <laughs> and I was like, I have this online business. I secured a client off of Upwork, my first like real brand design client um, who committed to like 1100 a month, which was huge for me. So I was like, okay, I have this, I'm leaving. And so I quit my job and I started this in June of 2017. And then I quit my job and I'm pretty sure October of 2017. Totally didn't have a savings, totally didn't have a plan. I, like I said, was going through an abusive breakup. So actually there's a lot of things going on at this time. I had just lost a house. I was trying to close on a house and I lost like a thousand dollars in the closing process. I was going through this breakup. This best friend of mine ended up like not being a friend, like completely like 
so all of these life changes were happening. Mm-hmm. I'm like moving out of one apartment, trying to find another, had no savings. And I had this one client that I was like banking on. And then a month later she dropped me and I had no job and I had no clients and I was in this new apartment and it was really hard and really scary. Um, and that's why like when people are like, how did you do it? I'm like, I don't know if I did it the right way, (laughs) but I always do back that up with saying like, if it wasn't for that moment and it wasn't for that client dropping me and me literally having quote unquote, nothing, I don't know if my, the fire would have been lit underneath me and I wouldn't have, you know, started building my business out. Like I started to at that point. So yeah. That is how I started <laughs> my very rapid climb into the entrepreneur space. <laughs> I mean, I it sucks. I, I'm not going to say like, I'm glad you went through all of that because you're here now. But yeah, I totally hear you. And it's surprising how things can snowball. And especially when you're sat there thinking, oh, hey, I'm going to do this thing for me. And then the universe is like, well, actually, why don't you just try doing that whilst also dealing with all of this as well? Um, And I think it's in various forms, it does seem to be quite common. Like when you choose to start your business, it's almost like, I know that it's not, but it feels almost like you're being tested to make sure that it's something. It's like, if you can make it through this, like you're golden. (laughs) And it kind of is, kind of is testing you, you know, like you want to make sure because this is not something that's easy, you know? And so the universe, I feel like it's inevitable to perceive it that way, that the universe continues to test your commitment to this decision, you know? And it's like, that's what, those are the choices. Like when they hit you, it's like, okay, if that client hitting, that client dropping me, it's like a test. Do you still want to do this? Do you want to fight? Or do you want to just go back to your job? You know, and it's like constantly and like four years later, still being tested every day, you know? Yeah. But I think like, it's almost like being tested is what makes it so exciting in a certain way, because I mean, personally, I would much rather be able to say, Hey, let's try this new thing and do something different then continually just go, oh, okay, so I'm just going to carry on until someone tells me that I've done a good enough job that I can move up a level. Yes, exactly. And like, I think we talked about this in the, the, our last episode, but like that freedom is very scary at the same time, you know, coming into this space. But yeah, definitely. I agree. I don't want to go in down yeah. the rabbit hole of like a <laughs> <that> episode. <laughs> no, that's fine. Listen to the previous episode if you have yes. <laughs> Um, when it came to actually making that decision, cause I know a lot of, uh, a lot of the listeners who are on that cusp where they're like, I am so fed up on my job. I just want to leave. I've either been running my business or I know that I can run a business, but it's like making that final decision to just throw it all in, not throw it all in. Like that final decision to leave the job and yeah. embrace what it is that you want. Was there anything that was there a process that you went through? Was it a couple of days? Was it literally a snap decision? Like, I'm always curious to hear how that decision came about. Yeah, for me, I think it was really a snap decision. Um, I think for me, I'll admit that I had a lot of false perceptions of how easy this was going to be. I think that the industry puts on this really good front of you know, Bali and traveling and making six figure months and like, you know, all this crazy stuff. So in my head, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to be making six figures next year. Like, you know what I mean? Like I had this like absurd confidence in myself, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but 
I definitely like think that that was what made me like have that snap decision. But I mean, I coach a lot of people through this. And so I kind of want to talk on it a little bit further. I think a lot of people who have the online business and they have the full-time job, look at the full-time job. Like it's the devil, like it's holding them back. Like it's, it's the worst thing in their life because they're, it's not allowing you for this. It's not allowing you that. And it's like, it's allowing you quite a bit actually, you have a lot of security and you have a lot of safety within having that job. So if you are really passionate about the online business that you're building, why not utilize that safety and security that you have from your nine to five to build your, your side business or your online business in the way that you're wanting. And so like, I have a one-on-one client right now who wants to get out of her job really bad, but she's utilizing the resources she has within it, AKA the financial safety that she has consistently comes in and is using that to invest in me and invest in a coach and invest in a long-term strategy for her business and for her growth. So that is something that you can utilize right now in this pivoting stage is like utilize the nine to five that you hate right now to get you out of it. You can utilize that and, and make that pivot yourself. It doesn't have to be a snap decision. Like I made, it doesn't have to be really unplanned and unorganized. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say that because I think that it helps kind of with the mindset of like, it's not, it's not the worst thing in your life right now. Um, and it can really benefit you if you utilize it. Yeah, I, I will absolutely echo that both sides because, I mean, mine's a bit of a mix. I had made the decision that I had wanted to leave in like a year's time and I was utilizing as much as I could. I was like trying to take on projects where I was more project managing so I could understand how that would flow. I was trying to use the financial security to make sure that I was investing in my business and things that would help when I was at that stage. Uh, and then I all jacked it all in on a whim. So like, I mean, yeah, still. <laughs> I, I could go off of that a little bit more and kind of say like, what would happen to you is if you do that and you start utilizing those funds is you might become attached to that security. Yeah. And so if you do go down that approach, like I was saying, definitely have like that endpoint for yourself. Like we talked about having no endpoint and authenticity. There's an endpoint for your job. What does your day-to-day life look like without it? And picture that and then strive to meet that need and then you can release it and make sure that like you have that expectation for yourself. Like once this is done and once I'm, you know, having this set, I can do this. And then on the flip side of that, you can just remove it all and just do like a wing it like I did because it just depends. I mean, I can go on this forever, which is not the point of the podcast. I know it just depends on your personality and it really like you have to have the confidence in yourself. Like, do I like having the security and the safety? If you do, that's okay. Utilize it. If you're just utilizing it and you know that it's just because of a safety blanket or a security bib, whatever you want to call it, get rid of it, release it, give yourself that permission. Brilliant. I love that perspective of it because I think that all too often it's easy in hindsight to go, actually, I jacked my job in with very little thought around kind of, I had thought about it, but I wasn't convinced that I knew what was going to happen next. And then there are other people who are like, yeah, it took me years to build up to it. And you're going to be the only one, again, mirroring back to what we said last episode, you're going to be the only one that knows when it's right for you. And it will probably not feel right all of the time when you consider that decision, but the moment or that instant when you're like, you know what, this is a good decision. Like you've kind of already made up your mind. It's just following through with it. Yeah. And I love that you said that too, because right 
is not a feeling. So it's like things won't ever feel right. You have you have to feel confident. You have to feel ready. Like those things aren't like don't wait for them to come to you. Try to cultivate them within yourself now because they're they're not going to just come to you. <laughs> And, you know, there will be times afterwards when you both celebrate and commiserate whatever decision you made, whether you choose to stay or whether you choose to leave. So do the thing that makes you happiest. Yeah, do it. So how long is it that you've been running your business in full then? So it was like June 2017. Yeah, so almost four years. Almost four years, yeah. During that time, have there been any like real hardships or any successes that have really surprised you and helped you shape your business? Man, I mean, obviously you introduced me as a conscious business coach and I just explained how I was a freelance graphic designer. So a lot has changed (laughs) in my business. So I can kind of explain like the pivots that I made. Um, And I can also kind of touch on some hardships that I had and like what I learned from them. But yeah, so I started as a designer and to briefly explain the pivots, um, starting as a brand designer, I realized like you can't really successfully create brand identities without brand strategy behind them. And so I heavily got into brand strategy for a long time, still am in brand strategy. But where my unique selling point came is, you know, really diving into the psychology of marketing and the psychology of this whole industry and like the way that people operate and the way that our brains work and stuff like that. And so that's kind of where like the self-development and consciousness piece of my business came from is understanding that, okay, you can't create brand identity without brand strategy. And you can't really create a really authentic and aligned brand strategy without being really authentic and aligned in yourself. And so that's kind of like the deep, like back steps that I ended up kept taking. It was like design and then it was brand strategy. Then it was personal strategy. Um, And so now I kind of like weave it all together and the work that I do, because I'm really passionate about personal development and your mindset and all of that. And then also really passionate about the online business space and having a brand. And I think that it's really important to, you know, bring the two together. And so that's kind of how I've pivoted. And like, I would say the big thing that there was really one big hardship I went through in my entrepreneurship journey that I could like point out, which was I had a business partner at one point. So I was a freelancer and then a brand designer and a web designer for a while. And then I met my ex business partner and her and I were like best friends for a period of time and like spent a lot of time together. And I think we were just very caught up in this friendship and like excitement. And we ended up combining our business together, like legally, financially, all, all the ties. Um, Yeah. (laughs) All the ties. And so I, you know, we had this partnership and it was really, that's where Hello Brand Collective was born, um, was through this partnership. And we, we think we're together for about six months. And then out of nowhere, she just decided she didn't want to be anything. She didn't want to be my friend, didn't want to be in the business, didn't want to do anything. So it was really, that was the biggest emotional, like hardship I think. And I went through was because I was for six months building a business, not only for myself, but for someone else. And so I was compromising my own wants, needs, desires, compromising my own authenticity for someone else. And so when she left, it was really like a blessing in disguise, but I was really like in victim mode when it happened. So I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, I can never catch a break. Like constantly went down this like really deep rabbit hole, but then I was able to see the gift in it and see the freedom in it and see okay, this is a chance for me to like really harness 
me and like my authenticity and like what, whatever that looks like for me. And I think that that's when I started really diving into psychology and really diving into all of these like little things that like made me happy and lit me up and I could incorporate into my business to make it more fun for me. Um, so while that was the biggest hardship, um, cause there was obviously, like I said, financial ties and legal ties, and I had to pay for all of that. And she left me with no money in the bank account and all of this stuff happened and it is what it is. I have no bad feelings against her. She did once again, like I said, in the last episode, she did the best for what she thought was needed for her and her in that moment, you know, like she did what she needed to do. I did what I needed to do. I'm grateful for it for, you know, where I'm, where I'm at now. Um, but yeah, I think that that was the biggest hardship. And then obviously my advice in that is to find, always find the lesson in the hardships because <laughs> I needed yeah. to, it was like such a dark time that like you had to find, I had to find something, you know, positive to bring me out of that. Cause it was like, that was the second business partner. The first, the first best friend that got me into this online space, she was a business partner as well who left me and that whole friendship crumbled. And then it happened again a year or two later. So it was really hard. And it, on a personal level too, gave me a lot of distrust towards females and female friendships and the online space and any relationship I get, I get had at that time felt very fake to me because I was like, what do you want out of this? Cause it was like, that's kind of like what, it, where it left me and, you know, like the, the breakup, <laughs> the business. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's horrific that that happens because I think, I think that this is important as well. If you're happy to explore this, I mean, thank you for sharing that because I feel like there are so many stories around how wonderful community is and how glorious it is. It's not always spoken about like people steal ideas. And then there's that people who literally steal entire business structures or leave you in the shit because whatever their reasons or motives were at the time. And it absolutely sucks when it happens once, let alone twice. And like, I've had a failed collaboration with a friend of mine and I know that it went quite rocky for a while. I mean, fortunately our friendship's still intact, but going through anything when your business is like we were saying, it's all about connecting with your authentic self and being yeah. you and your business is such an extension of that, that having part of it ripped away is like really painful. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. And I think that once again, go, go listen to our last episode, but tapping into all of that things, the things that we're talking about, like, and being able to like own your authenticity in those moments is so key because they become such a part of your identity. Like shifting from Hellbrand Collective, that was the biggest pivot. Like that was the biggest mindset battle I've ever had, like in business, because I was so attached. I was so attached to the identity I created and the reputation I had built and being known as the successful branding and web designer. I was charging $6,000 a package. I was making good money. I was so attached to it, but I hated it. I literally hated it. And it was crazy. Like I was sick. I had my hair was falling out. I was throwing up. I had so much anxiety, so much depression. I was literally sick because I was letting the fucking industry, like, I guess just controlling me. Like I was literally like so caught up in what I should be doing and who I should be and what I've built that I didn't give myself the permission to just evolve and grow as a person because it's natural. And since your business is an extension of your business, it's natural 
that your business is going to grow and it's going to evolve. Like you said in the last episode, you're not going to be the person you were last year. Your business isn't going to be the same as it was last year. You don't want it to be, (laughs) you know, like you don't want to make the same money. You don't want to be working with the same clients. You want to constantly be growing. And so that giving myself that permission to release that was so, so hard. I had to invest in a mindset coach, a life coach. Like I was like, it was really, really emotionally hard for me. And it just goes to show like that I'm not the only person, you know, that goes through that. And like, that's a really unhealthy attachment that, that I had, you know, to my business. And like, I guess that's a hardship all in itself, but it wasn't business. It was more of, you know, a personal hardship I had to go through, but man, giving yourself, giving myself the permission to pivot into what I'm doing now was really hard. And then I lost my dad right in the middle of that. So it's once again, it's like life just keeps testing you. You know, I hate saying that there was any blessing from my dad dying because I'm still very heavily in that grieving process, but I wouldn't be able to show up as authentically and as aligned as I am now, if that didn't happen, because what ended up happening was I, I just ended up not giving a fuck about anything that didn't serve me and didn't my dad lived his entire life serving other people and working for other people and compromising his happiness for other people. And I think his life being gone made me realize like no one should live that way. And so it was like almost my permission to stop, you know, get, it gave myself the permission to just drop what the fuck you're doing that you hate and just start doing what you want because that's what your life is for, you know? Yeah. Didn't mean to get it all there, but (laughs) no, I mean, I think it's important though, because part of the journey, (laughs) it's part of the journey and business and personal was so fused because I always used to think it was like, they talk about the balance between work and life, but I don't feel that there's work and life balance in being an entrepreneur. I think it's a blend and it's just finding where that kind of gradient overlies because it is one and the same thing. Like they're so infused together that you, you can't pull at one without pulling at the other. And being someone who's been in kind of your world and your aura for a while, like seeing this switch up when all of this was going on was just, it was, it was beautiful and incredible to watch because there was such a conscious shift from your side where it was just like, it felt like you would just kind of open up to this whole new level. And it was just, it was incredible to watch, but I'm, you know, it's so sad that it's always coming from a place of kind of hardship as well. Oh, um, I'm like tearing up right now because you're not <laughs> person. seriously like, it's funny. Cause like, I've been so, like I said, deep in this grieving process, like he was my best friend. He was honestly the purpose for my business and like my motivation every day. So it was a huge, once again, I guess, identity crisis moment, like in my business where I'm like, who am I? What am I doing? Um, but yeah, it, it feels so good that I presented it that way. And like, it showed through that way because I am still even having a hard time, like articulating, like how it happened and like how I was able to launch a group program and fill the group program and just do anything that I'm doing right now after that happened, you know? And it's just really like, it feels really good when people say stuff like that, because it is, it, I don't know. It just makes me like, feel like I'm not as 
deep in the, the grief as I feel like I am, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I understand. And I mean, I can't even imagine everyone's experience and everyone's tragedies is so unique and so different because we're so unique and so different. But viewing it as a way as that permission that you were talking about for you to even be more of yourself, I think is just, it's a wonderful way of approaching it. Yeah. Even if it's intentional or not, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I definitely. And I think that it, it shows a lot of like what this inner work and personal development can do because I started the personal development journey in March of last year and I lost him in October. So I had a lot of practice, a lot of months, days of journaling and meditating, like a lot of work that I did on myself. And I feel like when it happened, I've always told myself like, this was the worst thing that could happen. My dad, my dad dying always my entire life. And I always said, I'm going to go into like this detrimental depression. If it happens, like, borderline suicidal. That's where I thought my mindset would be. And to see what happened after and to see the way that I grew from this just shows you how much like doing the inner work is really beneficial because I owe all the credit to really like the mindset work that I did this past year because that's what helped me get through it the most. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard, but seeing the successes that are coming out of it, I think is wonderful to behold as well and yeah it's just a testament to every like it's a testament to all of the work that you've done you've built a business that could survive throughout this you've built the mindset that allows you to kind of thrive through it as well and it's also proof and permission for everybody else listening that not comparing obviously ever comparing hardships but no matter what your hardship was there's proof that people get through it. There's proof that people strive and thrive actually from it. So yeah, I, I do love all of that. I love all of the beauty that has come from it. Um, and I do try to continue to savor it and like focus on that um, as much as possible because a lot of good things have come out of it. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's testament to like the strength to strengths that you're going to go to as well, because moving on slightly, the way that your business has changed and adapted hasn't just been from the branding side to the coaching side either. Like you've gone from doing one-to-one through to like group coaching as well. So has that been something that you envisioned would be a path for your business or is that something that has kind of come from the experience of how you've learned to work with people? Yeah, I think that um, group has always been something that I've wanted to implement in my business. I was always, I never gave myself the permission. I never allowed myself to really explore it. I always felt like I didn't have enough authority or accreditations or whatever it was, whatever the story was that I was telling myself, that was really the reasoning behind it. Um, But I think that launching one-on-one coaching and coaching people for, I don't even know, it was a while. Like I would say at least six months of working with like seven, eight different one-on-one clients, I was able to really recognize patterns. And that is what I think allowed me to be more confident in creating a group program and, and realizing what the patterns were that everybody went through and what I could take people through and how I could create it into a group program. But I do also think it was that in combination with the spur of the moment, you know, things that happened and just realizing like, this is something I want. This is something I want to give myself permission to try and I just did it and I just wanted to see how it would work, not really caring how it turned out. Like I said, I was 
not to keep bringing it up, but I was going through that process of grieving and I was like, I'm just going to launch this and see what happens. And I had no expectation of getting people in and I got four girls in and I was mind blown, you know, like that's really successful for your first group program for not much marketing (laughs) for whatever I did with it. I can, it's all blur at this point, but yeah, it was definitely something I always wanted to pivot into, but never really gave myself the permission until recently. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think like I think that this works beautifully actually to work through to the next section, which is more around kind of your brand and your branding. Yeah. So with all of the massive changes that have happened through your choices that you've made, through the pivots that you've made and everything else, like I know that you're in the process of changing up things with the naming conventions and everything like that. So I'd love to talk a little bit around your brand. So you're moving away from, so Hello Brand Collective was the, was that just the joint venture or was that the name of your business originally? And now you're moving through to using just your name or? Yeah. So I never, I had so many business names. <laughs> I had so many business <laughs> names. It's stupid. Um, but yeah, I had many business names. The Hello Brand Collective was the joint venture we created together, um, solidified that brand and had it for a while. And then, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I think generally speaking, like the reason that I ask this question is because I know for myself and listeners and clients that naming your business can be a massive hang up, even though it doesn't have to be. So I'm just curious, like your thought process as to why you've moved from like a business name through to using your name. Okay, cool. Okay. Sorry about that. I love this conversation um, because it goes back to the attachment thing. So for my, my own personal perspective on business names is... I like having the business name because you can create your persona. You know what I mean? Like this is Hello Brand Collective. This is the values of this and everything. So you can kind of create separation from yourself, show up a different way. And I love that about having my own business name. And I also love that you can grow the business name and kind of change what you are offering within it and eventually add partners or sell it or whatever, because it was a business's name. And actually, as soon as I dropped Telebrand Collective, I had offers for people like wanting to buy it. So that kind of goes to show of like the brand that you can build under a name because it's not you. But with that also said on the other side of that, what I was experiencing, like I said a, a little bit ago, was the attachment to Telebrand Collective mm-hmm. and the identity I created and the reputation it had like it was its own living thing and I was like if I remove that I'm killing so much and it was like that that was the mindset block so it's like that's the unhealthy attachment that can happen if you have a business's name and like I said that's not for everybody like not everyone will have this really emotional attachment like I had I'm a really emotional person so for me switching to my my name is really me giving myself permission to continue to pivot, to continue to show up how I want. I can share whatever I want because it's me. Versus before it was like, can I share this because it's Hellebrand Collective or not? There's so much questioning in my authenticity and who I was and how I wanted to show up when I was operating under a business's name, which was so silly. Like even saying it right now, it's like, it's just a business's name, but it's the attachment that I had to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I can, I can 100% empathize with exactly what you're saying there because it is that attachment but it's almost like it's almost this is going to be a weird correlation and I hope someone can kind of understand (laughs) but it's like it's like a pet or something that you've cultivated and you've grown and you've nourished and you've got this attachment to it so anything that affects it's like 
its health and its existence, it does have an emotional impact on you, even though it's like a thing rather than, yeah. does that make sense? No, it definitely does. No, it definitely does. And I think that that's why, like, I loved our conversation in our last conversation because the attachment to it is so important because it's like, if you can remove that attachment, then you can remove all of that that you were just saying, you know what I mean? Like all of the questions and all of that, like, I, I just feel like that helped me so much. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so usually I ask people when they invest in their branding, but given the fact that you are a branding specialist and have oh, done, we can talk about that. We can talk I would love to talk about it because I feel like the development process is very different from a creative point of view than it as someone who does it. Did you find it hard doing it for yourself? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I remember I said I had a million business names. I also had a million logos and I had a, so many, like a lot of people, social media managers struggle with their social media. Business coaches struggle with their business. Like everyone struggles in their area of expertise, usually because you're a perfectionist in your area of expertise. It was really hard to create I still struggle with this, like creating brand strategy. Like I create brand strategy and marketing strategies for people left and right. I have a really hard time doing that for myself. And with Hello Brand Collective, this last rebrand that I had, I actually hired a designer for it because I recognized and once again, released the attachment of, I need to do it because I'm a designer. Like if I have to hire a designer that I'm not that good of a designer, like that's the story I was telling myself when really it's like, you're just so deep in your business. It's hard to build that like outside perspective, full embodying brand, you know what I mean? Of like who you are, because once again, you start nitpick, nitpicking, who am I? Is this me? Is that, you know what I mean? Like let someone else do their job. So I was like, I had a one-on-one client at the time who was a really talented brand designer and website designer And we made that a part of our exchange and I offered her one-on-one coaching and I hired her as my brand designer and she created my brand and my website. And so that is what I did. And then with this pivot or with going into my name and dropping Hello Brand Collective, I'm still utilizing the branding and the identity that I've created because once again, it's important to know like the identity that I created was still backed by me. You know, like yes. all of the meaning and the color psychology and everything that we put into that brand and the visuals was still who I am and still who I'm striving to be. So I'm just kind of translating that into um, my brand now under my name. No, I think that that's really interesting to hear. And it's really refreshing to hear as well, because I think that there is that stigma that if you use someone who does what you do, then it's because you're no good when actually that's just bullshit that you're telling yourself. Like everyone needs an outside perspective. And also like, you're not going to make money designing for yourself. No. So like, if you want to continue having clients and continue the schedule you're doing, you know what I mean? Like give yourself that permission to just let an expert do what they're doing. Like that's what you expect. And I think that that's something energetically people need to understand is if you expect people to invest in you and you expect people to release their attachments to the logos that they can build in Canva or whatever the pre-made brands that are all over on Pinterest, if you want them to release that attachment and invest in you, then you need to be able to release some attachments and invest in other people. It's an energetic thing. Like if you're not going to allow yourself to invest in other people because you're too prideful, then other people are going to have that same, you know, reaction and energy towards you and you're going to start struggling. 
because that's just how the universe works. <laughs> yes. So this is yet again, another question that I ask a lot of my um, guests that I have on, but this will be a really interesting perspective from you as well. It's like, how has your brand affected your mindset or your sense of success within your business? Yeah. Like the brain identity and everything. Yeah. The, yeah. More the visual identity. I think the strategy is just kind of, it always flows through. Yeah. The visual identity, I would say the confidence and feeling like really good about myself and the authority and everything that I had in myself did not come until I hired someone else. So for three years of running an online business, trying to launch my own brands and changing my name and pivoting this and creating my own identities, like I never felt good with it. And it really directly portrayed in the way that I was showing up for my business. Because if you aren't confident and feel really like good and grounded in the way that you can show up and the way that you're visually presenting yourself to the world, then you're not going to show up confidently strategically, you know? So yeah, I think that like up until Hello Brand Collective was branded this last time, I was, my, my mindset was really bad with my business. Like, and I think that that, you know, like I said, there's a quote in a song that I love and it was like the thoughts in my mind directly reflect the money in my pocket. And it was so true in that time that like, I was so unconfident in the way that I was visually able to show up that I just wasn't able to book clients. And I think that releasing that helped me so much because I was like, fuck yeah, that's my brand. That's my identity. That's my logo. I'm, I'm going like, I, I love it. I, it all looks so good. Like I didn't have that like emotional investment of like, picking the exact shade of the color and like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have to do all of that. And it allowed me so much more headspace to feel confident and just show up with it. And I've loved it. <laughs> I guess that that's kind of the point though as well, isn't it? It's like as brand designers, when we know that when we're designing, we're not designing for the business owner, we're designing for the audience and the business that they want to have in the future. Mm-hmm. So having someone else do that for you, would really take the pressure off of kind of the expectations. And also like every time I post something, I sit there and I'm like, am I still sure about this shade of blue or should I have gone for that one that was like two tones lighter? And when you have the skill set to keep tweaking, it's hard to stop. Yes. <laughs> you said that, so I was just going to say that like, if you invest in someone else's work, it's almost like, you're not going to touch that. Like you, and especially yeah. as a designer, I'm like, she put work into that. And I know that, like, I'm not going to touch that. So it gives you so much more structure. Cause it's like, like you said, like, I know I can change that one little thing in the logo. So why don't I spend three hours or three weeks <laughs> trying to fucking do that? You yeah, know, I- like don't waste your time doing that. And I also like, as a designer, I even recognized it didn't need to be so serious. I made it very serious when I was actively designing and trying to get design clients and I was trying to do my own design work, but releasing that and made, made, made me realize it doesn't have to be so serious and it can be a lot easier than I was making it be, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was Lou Quinton was a guest a few episodes ago and she was like, find your minimum and stick with that it's like find the minimum that will have a good impact and then just start there and I feel like as designers we could probably do with embracing that a little bit more when it comes to social because spending six hours creating the perfect graphic not well placed time (laughs) 
Cool. So it's been really fun talking about all of the branding, particularly from someone else who's so invested in brand strategy and design. It's been really interesting to have your insights on it. I would also love to know either what is your most effective or your favorite marketing method that you've used for your business? Oh, um, my favorite is, I don't, it, it, let's see, is this a method? I'm just going to kind of explain. So my favorite thing in business is kind of diving into your ideal client and their psychographics and like where they're at mentally and utilizing that in your marketing. So that's something I like to do in my brand strategy development for my clients, but utilizing that for my own self has been like my favorite thing is like, Diving into client psychographics and incorporating that in your marketing and in your messaging. Oh, amazing. And do you find that that really influences everything from the type of content that you're sharing to the way that you talk? Or is it more that you kind of harness it in certain areas rather than others? Yeah, I think because I can kind of explain what I mean by psychographics is really if you just want to be really basic is look at tangible versus intangible things that you can deliver to your clients. A lot of people um, focus in their marketing on the tangible things. Like I'm a designer. I can give you logos. I can give you a brand. But the thing you also have to realize is a million other designers can do that for your clients. So tapping into the psychographics and the intangible things that your clients can experience through you in particularly, that is what's really going to sell you and what's really going to make your marketing stand out. And like, so I do think that it's changed the way that I speak and write and what I talk about and the content that I create because I'm much less focused on the nitty gritty tangible deliverables versus the overall experience and transformation and purpose behind what I'm doing. I think that that's integral as well because we buy as emotional beings like we buy based on emotions so selling something that doesn't have that emotional connection you're kind of automatically making it a bit harder for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that me studying, you know, marketing psychology and the human brain and understanding that for my own clients that's why I started I dived into psychology and made that my unique selling point so I can utilize it in marketing more. And so doing that for my clients made me realize I need to do that for myself because we are emotional beings and your client is not going to make the decision to invest in you because of how many hours you're going to spend working for them. It's just not, it's not true. You know, they're going to invest in you for you. So, you know, you want to show up that way and show up as yourself so they can invest in the right things. And it saves you so much time with your content. (laughs) Like it saves you so much time. Like stop spending so much time talking about things your clients don't care about because that's, that's the problem. (laughs) I think it's so easy to get swept away with, oh, I really want to talk about this because this is something I'm passionate about. This is where my expertise lies. I need them to know that I know this when actually they don't really care. That's not relevant until they're a client. And then you show that rather than going, Oh, hey, did you know this fact that I learned when I was at design school? Yeah, that's so great that you said that, like saying like, what do I want to show share today? Like that perspective needs to shift and you need to think about what does my audience need to hear today? Not what do I want to share? Because that's the switch that I made. Like that's this client psychographic switch that you really need to make is like what you think you need to share isn't always what your clients need to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's not always what you've got scheduled either. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. 
Awesome. No, I think that that's fantastic. And it's a really, it's a really great, unique take on the way to invest in your marketing as well. And I'm glad that you find it enjoyable because I love diving into kind of the thinking behind why we market. But I feel like sometimes it can feel, again, like overwhelming or a bit of a chore, but actually it's kind of fun. Like trying to work out what people are thinking and then being able to help them from that place is just, it's such a magic feeling. Yes, it is. I love how and like I said earlier, it just, it develops a deeper sense of connection and empathy mm-hmm. with other people. And you can just connect with them on such a like deeper personal level versus the surface level transactional conversations that a lot of people have in the beginning of their business because they're just, you know, going through the motions. So this is slightly off kilter, but still relevant. Isn't it funny that those transactional conversations and those deliverable conversations will never make you or never help you achieve the financial figures that you're looking for than when you're doing the emotional conversations. Yeah. It's really, it's a really mind, it's a mind book. Yeah. Especially we talked about this before, but we're all very masculine as entrepreneurs. So tapping into that side is like, what strategy numbers structure, this is what's going to pay my bills. But it's like, no, actually it's not. If you make someone feel like they already want to buy from you before they've even met you, like that's going to be so much better than going, oh, hey, yeah, I can deliver you X amount in half the time for half the price. And you're like, no. Yes. As long as you're doing it in an ethical way, I can go on a whole tangent about the people in the industry teaching psychology in an unethical way. Um, Yeah. Well, again, it leads back to authenticity, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It, it does. And it's just a matter of like, what feels good to you? Like, how do you want to utilize the knowledge of psychology and the knowledge of human behavior to your advantage? Perfect. I think that that's a fantastic place to wrap things up. So the last point that I'm going to ask from you is from everything that you've learned through your business journey, if you could offer the listeners just kind of one key piece of advice, is there one thing that you would love to share with them? Yeah. I think it ties back once again to everything else, but to stop comparing yourself to other people. Just if, if you're comparing yourself to somebody, unfollow them. It goes back to the last conversation. Go watch, listen to the last episode, but just really just trust yourself and stop comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. Brilliant. Trust and lack of comparison is what we want to move forward. Um, that's amazing. Thank you so much again, Caitlin, for all of your time today and for sharing your, your business journey and your brand story and all of your insights with us and the listeners. Of course. It was so nice. I really enjoyed this conversation. Perfect. And where can the listeners find more of you online? You can find me on Instagram at underscore Caitlin Buckwald. Yeah, I'll pop the link in the show notes as always, listeners. So if you want to find out more about Caitlin and her journey and the work that she does, you can head into the show notes and find her Instagram that way. Um, And listeners, if you are enjoying the podcast, then can I ask that you just tell one other person about it? Because the recommendations really do help the podcast to grow. And then I can continue bringing you these wonderful guests and stories every Tuesday and every Thursday so thank you once again Caitlin super stoked that we had this time together and listeners head over to our Instagram and Facebook communities with the links in the show notes and we can continue the conversation in the brand lounge